Hi there. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Dan, and today we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 16, The Rescue, which is the Season 2 finale. I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Ed. Hello. How you doing, Ed? I'm all right. Are you jumping into that cyberpunk stupor? Um, yeah, I must have fallen somewhere in it because I got really tired last night out of nowhere. <laughs> and I, so I guess I didn't realize how much time was going by as I was, which I'm not sorry for. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I should go sleep sluggish. earlier today. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome. And Noma. Hello, hello. And uh, how is the stupor going for you for Cyberpunk? Uh, well, if you're listening to this episode, then I've already beaten Cyberpunk. So, <laughs> Although at the moment that we're recording it, I haven't, but I'm already on the last mission. So, what is that, know. like a week in a day that you beat it? <laughs> I don't want to say I've put 60 hours into it, but I've already put 60 hours into it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Ed, do you want to let them know what we're talking about today regarding the rescue, chapter 16? Yes, in this episode, we're going to be talking about what happened during the rescue, what may happen in the next season. As we know, this is the finale, so all the speculation in this episode is turned up to 111. Mm-hmm. And as many as Easter eggs that we could find in this episode, I think it was more so... At, Every Easter egg you would have thought of, they're just like, nah, here you go. Here it mm-hmm. is. So if you see something that we miss, be sure to contact us, and Noma's going to give you that information. Yeah, so if I talk a little bit too fast and you can't hear these, no worries. We'll go over them again at the end of the episode. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, and you can contact us through a variety of ways. The first is our email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got a Twitter and an Instagram, and for both of those, our handles are at VoiceForcePod. We've got a website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com, and uh, we're also on all major podcast platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and really almost anything else you can think of. So, with that being said, we will jump into the episode, but spoiler warning beforehand... I mean, it's the season finale. We are going to be talking about everything about it. So if you haven't seen The Rescue, uh, stop here, go watch it, and then come back because we will be uh, talking as though we're assuming you've already seen it, so there are going to be spoilers galore in this discussion. But with that being said and that warning out of the way, let's get into the plot. Moff Gideon is mine. Got it? He's ex-ISB. He's got a lot of information. I need him alive. I don't care what happens to him as long as he surrenders to me. Prepare to exit jump space. Copy that. Get the hell out of there as soon as they clear us to dock. And your shots have to look convincing. Power up those shields, princess. I'll put on a good show. Watch out for those deck cannons. Don't worry about me. Just be careful in there. Exiting hyperspace in three, two, one. Yes, The Mandalorian Chapter 16. So at the beginning of the episode, we cut open to the Slave One chasing and firing lasers at uh, a Lambda-class shuttle, um, an Imperial vessel, with two troopers and Dr. Pershing on board. And uh, Boba hits them with the ion blast on the Slave One, 
and proceeds to board the ship. Um, we get a tense moment between uh, Cara Dune and one of the troopers as uh, he killed one of his uh, crew members and then he kind of goads her with the destruction of Alderaan and talking about, you know, how destroying Alderaan was worth um, getting rid of terrorism in the galaxy. And then she just shoots him in the face and we move on. Um, as we move on, we hit a um, scene where the Slave One is landing on an industrial planet. It looks quite desolate. Um, Din and Boba find Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves, uh, Sasha Banks' character, in a cantina just, I guess, eating and drinking. Um, they ask for their help uh, with getting Grogu back from Moff Gideon, but Bo-Katan says, you know, they'll never find him. He's impossible to find now. Um, and just as that happens, Boba and Koska start to brawl because Boba kind of... Um, goads or you know makes fun of a little bit of uh, Bo-Katan and her kind of wishy-washiness with the whole situation and uh, we get a cool jetpack takedown by Koska Reeves and then a f uh, flamethrower finale at the end of that fight which was a really, really cool little fight sequence uh, we get uh, Din telling them that he has a coordinates uh, for Moff Gideon's light cruiser and Bo-Katan um, joins the battle in conditions that she gets the light cruiser for the siege on Mandalore and that she has Moff Gideon surrender to her specifically. Um, so with that out of the way, we uh, see the Lambda shuttle and the Slave One entering hyperspace, or in hyperspace, heading towards Moff Gideon's light cruiser. And as they exit, Slave One is just immediately firing on the Lambda-class shuttle and uh, making sure that it looks very convincing. Um, Bo-Katan requests emergency landing clearance from the light cruiser, but Moff Gideon thinks to send out the TIE fighters instead to you know, possibly take down the Slave One, or he's not sure about the situation. We're not too sure. Um, the Landa shuttle uh, lands hot, and they begin to basically have a firefight inside of the hangar bay. And uh, the Slave One destroys the last two remaining TIE fighters and jumps into hyperspace. And we are now on the light cruiser, which means that uh, Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, Cara Dune, and Fennec Shand make their way to the bridge and take a ton of stormtroopers on the way. Um, as Moff Gideon sees them kind of assaulting everybody in the anger bay, he tells the lieutenant to activate the dark troopers so they can kind of warm up. Uh, Din take, makes his way to the brig after, or the ladies um, start to make their way to the bridge. And uh, on the way, finds dark troopers that have been activated and are heading out of their storage area. And uh, he immediately runs up to the console and tries to like close the door. And as he does, one of the dark troopers opens the door through sheer force and close behind it as it makes it through. Um, so basically, Din and the Dark Trooper are having this huge fight sequence. The Dark Trooper, like, pummels his face on his mask into the wall. And then Din uses his flamethrower, gets thrown, and then eventually ends with the Beskar spear going through the Dark Trooper's neck. And it was definitely a, a fight that you're like, oh man, these Dark Troopers are nothing to be trifled with. Um, after that, Bo and the crew can't find anyone in, um, or Gideon anywhere on the on the bridge, and Din ejects the Dark Troopers into space, the remaining ones. Din then makes his way to the holding cell where he finds Moff Gideon hovering his Darksaber over Grogu and kind of keeping him at bay. Um, tells him to drop his blaster and all that. Um, then they talk uh, about Din taking Grogu and Gideon keeping the Darksaber and then just like, parting ways. And as Din goes to pick up Grogu, Gideon attacks him from the back. And funny enough, Din blocks every single lightsaber cut, which is awesome. With some piece of Beskar on his on his uh, back or his arms or anything. Um, we got a fight between Din and Gideon, which is awesome. 
Din busts out the pure Beskar spear again and uh, deflects the saber quite a few times. You see it heating up when it's like kind of grinding against the lightsaber. And uh, one of the coolest moves that I thought happened was when Din has it kind of behind his back with his arm. He then kicks, he back kicks the spear so it flips up around his shoulder to hit Gideon, which is a really cool, cool move. And mm -hmm. eventually bests Gideon and moves on to um, bringing them to the bridge as we get uh, Din with the Darksaber, Gideon, Grogu, heading to the bridge. Bo-Katan is kind of shocked to find out that um, he got the Darksaber. And we get a huge exposition drop about the Darksaber from Moff Gideon saying that um, in order for someone to claim the Darksaber, they need to baby, um, they need to best the owner in combat. And whoever has it has claim to Mandalore's throne. And he kind of references that like it's the story behind the lightsaber, the darksaber, that really makes the claim to Mandalore's throne um, a thing. Yet the dark troopers making their comeback and they fly onto the uh, ship and uh, make their way towards the bridge. And our heroes seal the blast doors. The dark troopers start to pound on them. And as you see, like there's three sets of doors that are sealed shut and they just start to like bend inwards and slowly are opening uh, to the Dark Troopers' uh, might, which is really cool. Just then we see an X-Wing fly into the hangar, and a hood figure walks through the hallways, dispatching the Dark Troopers with a green lightsaber and a covered hand, right hand. Um, Grogu kind of feels the force around this individual, through the, and he sees him through the cameras. Um, Din also kind of sees Grogu doing, uh, like, kind of connecting to this individual. Um, and so as, you know, the Dark Troopers are dispatched, and crushed as the final one. Um, Din says to let him in. And they're like, what are you, crazy? So he just lets, them in, lets the guy in. And we find out that it's Luke Skywalker. And he's here to rescue Grogu. We have a heartfelt moment between Grogu and Din as he removes his helmet. And Grogu kind of puts his hand on uh, Din's face. And they have a nice little uh, heartwarming moment. And then Grogu kind of leaves with Luke as we see R2-D2 kind of roll in and I don't know if he's exclaiming that he's happy to see Grogu again because he was at the temple or if it's kind of like another one of these little green guys. Are you kidding me? But then that's the end of the episode or so we thought. And uh, after the credits, we get a scene where we cut to Jabba's palace on Tatooine, now run by a more fat Bib Fortuna. And uh, Fennec Shan walks in and just kills all the bodyguards and shoots the chain that releases the dancer and tells her to leave. Um, Boba would then walks down and Bib starts to kind of squirm in his chair and tries to sweet talk him and hopefully not die. And just then Boba kills him and just throws his body on the ground and sits down on Jabba's old throne. Now the leader of the what, cartel syndicate underworld. We'll find out next time. All right, let's get into the discussion points, guys. All right. Uh, do we want to go with the most emotional moment first? <laughs> sure. Do we want to start with the... Lead us off. Might as well. Oh, I mean, Luke just... We, we talked about how it would be amazing if Luke showed up beforehand, but I never expected anything this cool from... I mean, you know, I've already seen people kind of memeing about it where they're saying, oh, it's, it's the reverse Rogue One, right? It's the opposite of the Vader hallway scene. And I mean, they're true and... Opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but you know it's it's uh 
it's just a, it's not so much oh god everyone's gonna die it's hell yeah everyone's <laughs> everyone's dying all the dark yeah. troopers are dying and i also thought it was funny how um if it was uh, a a nod to it then it'd be really funny but you see it's the, it ends the like luke's uh amazing rampage ends the same way vader starts where you know you just see you can't really you can just kind of see his figure but you can only see the lightsaber when the doors open and all the fog rolls in but man i i just Rian Johnson, take some goddamn notes from this, because the the difference in this is, I feel like this is what I should have felt during the sequel trilogy, right? Like the sequel movies. And granted, with set, like even with seven, I feel like there's a couple ways you could have made that hit hard, hit better with the old returning characters, but it it's such from all the reactions that i've seen online and stuff like that the the difference that there is between you know how much rage and debate there is of how luke was portrayed in episode 8 versus ironically episode 8 of mando season 2 i haven't seen a single person say a bad thing about luke this entire time because of course not because they bring him in he's amazing it works really well and it's it's ju- it feels like you know reliving your childhood as opposed to but look, I subverted seeing it, it. Seeing it destroyed. And... Exactly, yeah. You know, it, it's the difference between holding a character that you know this, you know, that John Favreau cared about and loved and grew up with versus, oh my God, I'm going to subvert it. Isn't that artsy? Awards now, please. But that that is uh, hopefully all the salt I'll be talking about in this episode because for, outside of that, it was so we were talking about it afterwards where it's just like you can watch him and Luke is just he's moving so well. And you can kind of see he's he's got a bit of that like Anakin uh, Ed, Ed was talking Slayer. about like he's yeah, he will he, kind of the same kind of sword play. Like he's kind of using the same kind of forms that Anakin did, and, you know, different because he's incorporating more force powers into it. But it's it just a lot of those, uh, bolt reflection. Like, he never kind of just swung. Yeah. It was like, no, mm-hmm. over my arm. Back over my arm. Yeah, constant movement. And that's one thing I really liked was that, because um, I only watched the episode once, but I watched that hallway fight like seven times. <laughs> and there's there's something with the way that Luke moves in that that I found so cool, because it's not the old fast way, right, from Clone Wars, which I do like as well. But it... it what struck me was it it seemed it like well. it flowed really well and it struck me as this like what i i kind of encapsulated a jedi to be from the old movies where it's like this mix of like knight and like mystic monk yeah cuz yeah, yeah cuz when he's swinging there's all this weight behind it and you can feel the strikes land but uh <laughs> yeah and then you know he's he's but then at the same time like he's got these heavy really well placed strikes and then he's got all these these spins and turns that kind of every most of the times he's doing that is going to reflections or force pushes or pulls or things like that mm-hmm. and just he he's he looks fluid while also being very grounded which i thought was really cool it kind of shows it kind of gives an identity to showing um I, i'd say like the evolution of the fighting style from the old movies it also shows the evolution of luke skywalker from, exactly you know the end yeah. of episode this six to now which prime, is like five no? yeah yeah i would that, say probably yeah. And that, that, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say, right? It looked like the evolution of the original fighting style to now him being technically Grandmaster, right? Yeah, is like this is full powered Luke Sky. This is the Luke Skywalker 
that and it strikes this perfect balance because as cool as it is to in the expanded universe see Luke Skywalker reflecting laser bolts from an at at it's a it's it's just a li- on the verge of being like that's a little bit ridiculous right i mean yeah granted full power luke skywalker amazing fun to see but this full power luke skywalker it's like yes he should be able to walk through dark troopers you know it's, if it's i could organic yeah mm-hmm. and and it, it, exactly it fits in the power scaling that i see because if if Kyle Katarn in Dark Forces, you know, if I, if I as Kyle Katarn could also walk through the Dark Troopers, then of course, exactly, of course Luke can walk through them. No issues there. And then I do also like how they show really well in that fight scene, you know, Din versus the Dark Trooper, which I liked a lot as a fight scene, um, that it's like, yeah, no one person cannot fight a Dark Trooper, but Grandmaster, not, not even a contest. It's like, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Although... <laughs> I I was also a little bit surprised in that Din versus Dark Trooper fight scene that Din doesn't end that fight with a massive concussion. Right? He gets, oh, yeah. he gets punched in the face like a half dozen times. I think football players need his, to get themselves a best guard helmet because concussions are not a thing. That is what you call ringing a bell. Oh, definitely. Gotta remember, Luke's, Luke's final form is not even here yet. We still have more. <laughs> As long as um, wasn't the same one from episode eight, I'm happy. Would, would, continuing on the on the on the link of of Darth, or Darth Vader. Oh my god! <laughs> continuing on the uh, theme of Luke Skywalker, what do you guys think of the CG on his face? I felt like after watching it a few times, I think I figured it out again. It was the eyes. The eyes oh. didn't move very much um, when he was talking, and then when it was on different angles and things, it almost looked like they like made it like a different character. At certain angles, it didn't look like the same character in that scene. Like it's almost like this, his face changed slightly from scene to scene. The the very last shot I noticed, um, yeah, his he doesn't look quite as much like Hamill. I don't know. I'd have to look at it again, but like I could kind of tell. But when you first see him, I, I thought like when he first pulls down the hood and he's first yeah. revealed. I I immediately knew it was, it was interesting because I immediately knew it was CG. But the reason I knew it was CG was I because I, I think my first thought was, oh well it's CG because this couldn't possibly work in real life otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was interesting because I only noticed the CG because it basically blew past Uncanny Valley. Yeah, exactly. Just being like this can't exist in real life, so I know it has to be this. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind I, it. Like they did a pretty good job, I would say. Mm. Um. I just yeah, I was I was shocked that it was Luke Skywalker. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he's back. I'm so down for this. For yeah, for me it was like it was like a like a checklist of like realization because it's like one X wing. Okay, well it's not gonna help. One X wing entering a hangar. Okay, so it's got to be Luke. It could be Ahsoka, but how did you get an X wing? Um, I also I was I was listening to a couple of people who were also watching it, and one per one uh, person that I was listening to realized it because he saw R two as the X wing flew by, and I was like, wow, <laughs> props that's, to props to yeah. you. That's a cool I was gonna guy. say the only way that I could yeah. see that is if like I was looking for the red five stripes mm. on it because there's five red stripes on each wing, um, oh, okay. and I I looked for it, but I think I looked for it in the wrong place. But mm. I think I think it is there. 
after watching it a few times. I believe it is there. But yeah, wow, R two D two, really? You saw yeah, that? That's yeah. awesome. I was I was super impressed when he said that. He was like, oh my god, it's it's R two, and I went, oh man, how did you even see that? But yeah, so it's you know it's the checklist of why wouldn't like it's either Luke or Ahsoka. Well, how did Ahsoka get next wing if that's the case? And you see the cloaked figure walking down the hallway. And I'm like, well, now it looks more like Luke. Yeah, and then as soon as you see on the black and white camera the single lightsaber, it's like, oh, well, it's Luke. It has to be Luke. And everything past there is just, you know, reinforcing that fact. Yeah, it was like the, the lightsaber hinted me. The uh, the gloved hand on his right hand also got me. And then once you saw the lightsaber up close oh, while yeah. he was fighting yeah. things, you were just like, yeah, that's Luke for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, but uh, yeah, no, that was it was all it was all just like this can't be real. I'm dreaming, right? <laughs> We're not allowed to have nice things in Star Wars anymore. But we are, and we've been treated to it, which is awesome. Seriously. Um, you guys want to talk about the Dark Troopers more? I know you guys are super into the the Dark Troopers. Yeah. Mm. Um, the whole flush them out the airlock. Yeah. Let's do that. That's going to be great. We'll buy some time. And I swear, there were, when that room, yeah, several different, but never, like that angle when, um, and Din's at the door, and you're seeing it inside the room. So it's like cut. You you see about I don't know, maybe on each, side. and then it mm. cuts back. So it's like oh, you know, there's eight, but from before there might be like okay, and then it cuts from another angle. It's like wait, that. Oh yeah. And, and then every time you see this room, it just like you see more and more, and it's like uh, yeah. how many do? Then seeing them fly back to the ship, it was like wait, that's I I've tried counting, and I lost count mm. of like sixteen because. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, it, like, yeah, two platoons are. Oh my. God. Yeah, it was it, Gideon said it was a platoon. I looked it up. It was like t- between twenty and fifty okay. soldiers. Because like, oh my god, that's a lot. That's way it, too many. It's, it's interesting because yeah, because that's right. Like when they're all flying back, I was like, wow, oh god, that looks like three dozen. Like that's like thirty something. And then when they're standing in the hallway, I'm like, oh, it's eighteen. It's so the number is deceiving, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really... I don't mind that too much, because it doesn't play much into the you know, overall plot, since Luke ah. just turns them into so much scrap. Yeah, mm. it, it was that sort of aliens and zombie kind of feel. Yeah. Where, where with aliens, like, you, when you're Ripley and you're outside of the ship, you see them... Sw- God. When they were marching towards the door. Mm. The, the one got through, the other ones were just behind <laughs> I I love also how they show just the raw power the dark steel uh, the dark steel the dark troopers have, where it's just like you know they're pounding on on the the armor glass I can't remember what it's called in Star Wars but the oh transparent steel that's it you know they're they're pounding on on the transparent steel and you just slowly see it cracking and then later on they're literally like slowly punching their way through a bulkhead would be, door would it, would it be durasteel <laughs> sorry. Uh, the Durasteel door. I think. I think the the glass is called Transparent Steel, yeah. from what I remember. Yeah. I can't, hang uh, on. Yeah, because you start to see the cracks in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just being like, oh my god, these things are. And uh, I I saw people referencing very Terminator esque as well, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. like unstoppable oh, killing machines that just do not care. And the, the they did such a great job just showing these are just monstrous droids. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think. The the main thing with the dark troopers that I saw was that you know the blaster bolts bounced off their armor, but a mm-hmm. lightsaber could cut. I don't know if 
it was cutting through them or if it was, you know, on the angles that he hit with the lightsaber. Um, I, d- I oh, think he oh, did no, bisect no. one. He bisect he cuts, one in half. He cuts through a bunch of them. Yeah, I was uh-huh. just like, I'm not sure what they're made out of. If they can bounce off of, like, blaster bolts bounce off of well, it, but a lightsaber can cut through it. I'm like, I don't know. So, so Ed... Well, so yeah, so Ed also mentioned this in a, a previous uh, podcast, so I kind of assumed it was the same kind of thing where, um, you know, Beskar is blaster-proof, right? But only properly tempered Beskar is lightsaber-proof. Oh, Mand- okay. Mandalorian yeah. forged Beskar, right? I could mm. see that. Yeah, because so, yes. the Empire wouldn't have been able to forge it properly. Yeah, exactly. Sure, so I, 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 yeah, I kind of assumed it was something like that, right? Where it's like, it could still be Beskar. I, I kind of wish they, they'd given an answer on that, but I mean you know i can live without that but yeah. i just assumed it was something like that right yeah it's 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 imperial best car so yeah blaster proof but not lightsaber proof because you know who's assuming we're going to go up against the grand master oh <laughs> exactly. oh man so th- that and just um on a slight parallel the whole scene in the in the co- uh, not the cockpit the i guess prison cell no, no, no. Um, wow. Wow, what is wrong with me? <laughs> the command deck, let's say. Oh, okay. Right? Where, you know, they're all around and Gideon secret blaster. Okay, yeah. shoot people. He lit up Bo-Katan. Like, that, that's to show you, again, the power of, you know, I we've got Beskar too. So this fight is just going to, if it had to come down to one, it would have been dragged out until fist hit armor. Mm. and kept hitting, right? So it was like, okay. Yeah, she took a few shots and then went down. I was actually kind of surprised. I'm like, man, Din took like 50 more yeah, of those back when he was charging <laughs> down the thing. Like, how how powerful is this, like, this just small blaster right in front of you? So, okay. And then after everything was going to hell, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I'll kill myself. No, I guess you won't. Yeah, yeah Caradu right. just like back, <laughs> back hits him he with was, the He was rifle. quick with that. Oh, I, I like that though. Just that that thought process. That that is, that is one thing though that I kind I was, like afterwards on reflection, I was a little bit disappointed about. I feel like Gideon should have gotten a kill there, not necessarily on Bo-Katana, uh, but I like. Yeah, I feel like yeah, if Casca or because he wasn't in the episode, I, which was surprising to me, Axe Wolves. Yeah. Um, the, oh, the, you know, the, the, yeah, the male night owl, if you just have him to, you know, dive in, dive in and take Bo-Katan's shots and, you know, he gets one lucky shot that goes through and, and takes out, uh, Axe or, um, or Casca. Yeah. There's I feel a lot like... of, there's a lot of points in this series where like we thought that someone was going to die and they didn't. And you're like, wait See, a minute, what? They, they addressed yeah. it though, because like the whole time they have their helmets off. I remember thinking right before, it's just like, oh, well, see, yeah, your helmets are off and he's going to have this secret plaster. You're going to catch a shot to the head because you're doing this stupid thing like taking your helmet off in the middle of enemy territory, right? Mm -hmm. But then before they come through, they're like, okay, let's put the helmets on. It's like, oh, this hasn't happened. This doesn't – that's not how this works. Maybe you won't die. Yeah. Okay. So I I was really surprised she fell over for that. You can see mm-hmm. how panicked he was too, because he went from shooting Bo-Katan. Instead of continuing that, he went to Grogu. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, like he just wants to kill something to, you know, at least have some sort of, you know, victory. minor victory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To kind of screw see, over their plans. What I what we should have expected. He should. We should have expected him to do it. Just because, like, that whole chain of command seems to be like, if there's no way out, you kill yourself. We've seen mm-hmm. it. But back when they attacked the. Uh, 
Pagazanti. Pagazanti, yeah. where the mm-hmm. good buddy's just like, yep, and I have my electric cyanide, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Sorry, nothing for you. I was like, oh, okay, well, he did that. And as soon as he whipped it on him, someone's just like, yeah, yeah, that that's following the plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, speaking of uh, Gideon, is, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, to, to the point I was just going to finish on, I was like, yeah, I just, I feel like if Gideon had gotten a kill, then it would have kind of cemented how dangerous he is and to be feared because it, it, I got very minor flashes to Bad Batch where it's just like, yes, this is all very cool and fun. But just like those Bad Batch episodes, there's never really a, uh, there's like, it's a, it's a lot less in this episode. But in, you know, my, my biggest problem with the Bad Batch episodes where I never felt like they were in danger. And that didn't happen here. I did feel like they were in danger at certain points, but it all just kind of resolves very neatly. And I think that's that's the one the only real nitpick I have with this uh, episode. The flip side of this was something where uh, when when it's uh, Gideon versus Din, yeah. in uh, right outside of the prison cell, and I thought that was interesting because at first I was I was kind of watching Gideon and being like. You know, it, it's it's not a one-sided fight, but Din has the upper hand through most of their fight, I think. Oh, definitely. Right? Like, it's it's a lot of, you know, very swift parries, and, and he's never really put off off momentum. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, Din's got the upper hand the whole time. And then on watching it a, um, kind of the next time, it makes sense to me, because the way I kind of see it, the way I saw it is like, you know, Gideon, as far as we've ever seen... He's just got Imperial training, right? Yeah. High Imperial Academy training. But I kind of, from that, I assume that he's on, like, Callus's level. Uh, you know, Agent Callus from Rebels. Where exactly. It's like he's, a, he's a good close combat fighter. But he is not on par with a dedicated warrior. Like, as they show in Rebels, you know, Callus is not on par with Thrawn. And now in Mandalorian, we get, you know, Imperial Academy training isn't a match for pure Mandalorian, uh, you know, combat training. Man, I, I thought that was really and yeah, no, the one move that that Dan was talking about, I love that move when he he's mm. Din's off foot for uh, uh, like he's almost put off foot for a second, and then he kicks the spear to bring it back around to to uh, put the defensive back onto Gideon, and uh, it's just it's such a nice fight. And also because we've been talking about this, I think before, right? You know, Pedro Pascal has spear spear fighting training from Game of Thrones. And I didn't really notice this at first, but I I think that's you know that's why he he grabs the native spear in the last episode, right? The believer, and he's he's fighting them for a little bit with the spear just to kind of show, hey, look, Din knows how to how to fight with a staff weapon, yeah. or specifically a spear, and now we get to see that come full circle. Now he's using the Beskar spear in combat. So I just I, you know I thought that was a nice kind of um, storytelling without telling, right? Show mm-hmm. or show don't tell, basically. What do you guys think about the the dark saber in general, like in like the story that's going to be, you know, made with this uh, dark saber going forward? I mean, mm. I mean the easiest I mean, thing. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. I, I I feel like I've been talking for most of this. So that's you, okay. You know, um, I mean, the easiest thing that I see happening is Din just pulls a Sabine, right? Kind of that whole thing of hey, we'll help you. I'll help you take back Mandalore. And then once that happens, you get the dark saber. We yeah. don't necessarily have to fight for it. We just tell this story of we. Uh, I helped the true heir get the dark saber. Here you go. Because I, I, you know, Sabine didn't fight um, Bo-Katan. She just handed as it over. As, to yeah, as far as we know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and, you know, Gideon's right. It's the story, right? So the story of, and then Din gave it to her willingly is not as cool as, and then the two of them freed Mandalore yeah. and put the rightful heir back on the throne, right? I'm excited to see yeah. Mandalore too. Like once we get there, which I think we're definitely getting there, um, to see it, because Boba said that he they turned the planet to glass. Mm. So I'm like, did they, like what did they do to this planet to do so much damage to it to make it almost at least uninhabitable? Turbo um, laser fire. Yeah. yeah. Are they yeah, going to have to do like terraforming around Taurus style? Exactly. Oh, yeah, Taurus style. Are they going to have to yeah, do but... like terraforming on it or, you know, to like bring it back from from its, you know, glass like state or something? Yeah. Well, very interesting to see. So, so I kind of just assumed the Halo fan in me just assumed as soon as I said glassing, it just went to that version of glassing, mm. um, where, which is just the covenant strike the planet with so many super lasers that it just becomes uninhabitable it's not necessarily fully glass right it's just you scorch the earth completely so i just assume it's uh, that that's immediately what i thought right Tur yeah. enough turbo laser fire to just make it uninhabitable which mm -hmm. is i thought was ironic because the two times we've seen mandalore in clone wars and rebels it's already a wasteland yeah right yeah. So it's like what could what more could they do i mean unless yes. that unless I mean, that was done right at the beginning of the whole empire just yeah. to take them off the cards, just to be like, I don't want any wild cards on here. Mm. The main city of Mandalore looked pretty, you know, well off. But like Killed when we were out in Rebels, when we saw like the the prison area where like Sabine was rescuing her her family, her dad, I think. Mm. Um, they come out and they see like it's basically like a like a desolate wasteland. Yeah. So like the the only other way I could see it being like they glass the planet is if they you know if they bomb the city centers basically yeah yeah that's the only other way I can see it but yeah no I just found that funny when he was like oh they they glassed half the planet I was like oh so the the wasteland turned into more wasteland <laughs> <laughs> exactly and what did you want to say about uh, the dark saber or Mandalore honestly it's to be unique where it can't really look like a lightsaber per se i just want to know more like yeah people want the lore and everything i want to know how it works where's the crystal where's the ignition on this thing because oh, like like we see it being used a lot and kind of being activated and like not and deactivated a lot but you know you never really it's more motion than anything and then the shape of it too why does the crystal bend it to that shape is it because like we see a lot of would it be the emitter um, we see a lot of hilts and emitters that have that curve thing, but they don't add a curve or a, a like that like single -like. edge. Yeah, mm. the single edge to the blade kind of thing, right? Because it, in theory, the lightsaber doesn't have an edge; it's just an, a, a beam, beam. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So that is that was something I was like, hmm, is it? You know, you're talking a lot about it, but no explanation. Is there gonna be one? Are you guys gonna go into? It? No. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll so, wait. Something I'm kind of thinking of now is because I'd be down for this, is if in the future they announced, like, an animated Tar Vizsla series. Ooh, that'd be cool. Get a full backstory on the Darksaber? That'd be interesting. That would be mm -hmm. awesome. Now, did it, do you remember how long ago Tar Vizsla was alive? Was it in the High Republic, or was it way before that? Oh, it'd be way before that, no? Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't I'm not sure, sure it'd be, like, they... the Old Republic? Well, or maybe the not way before. It has to be yeah. around the time where they stopped. It wasn't just the helmet. It was the helmet and the blade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they might talk about it in the High Republic more if we run into Mandalorians. But yeah, 
Could be because because we know it's it's at the very least we know it so far at least it's post Sotor, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's only two hundred years before instead of like a thousand or two thousand years. Yeah. Um, I think you're three thousand actually, dude. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Kotor one is four thousand something years. Oh, so. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, Dark Saber, uh, VFX lightsaber when? I want one <laughs> on my mantle. Right now, right. Lucasfilm, <laughs> come on, man. Um, I don't know how they get that to light up for is it more than just like darken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they'll have like a painted uh, blade that has that emits white light and it doesn't shine through the black, I guess. And there's like cracks between the black paint. I would say I, that's the only way I could see it happening. But I, I don't care how they That'd do it. I just want it to happen. <laughs> Literally, I don't own a lightsaber yet. Kind of. I have like I used to have like a Kanan kid lightsaber and like an Inquisitor lightsaber. And mm. I don't have them anymore, so I'm like, I want a good, functioning dark saber. Um, well, when we ever go to uh, when in a year or two, when we ever go to Galaxy's Edge, we could always get those uh, the hilts. Yeah, the yeah, exactly right. Oh well, the, apparently the hilts do come with the screw in bulbs. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, right. But well, you know, I'd be down to spend too much money on those instead of building my own. <laughs> could you imagine, right? Oh, oh so many I'd want. They have the, the Ahsoka Duke dual one, light, the... lightsabers. Exactly. Too. I was going to oh. say the Ahsoka dual ones. I'd love those. I know Ashley Eckstein, the, the lady or the Anakin one. She has a set of the, the Ahsoka ones. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, hell yeah. So bad. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to the talk about, I guess, the Boba, the book of Boba Fett in December 2021. Mm-hmm. That was a tease at the very end of the episode. Um, I looked online and it seemed like uh, Deadline.com, which is. As far as I know, pretty reputable with like rumors in like the movie and TV industry. Um, they were talking about it, and uh, they had some people that were saying like there's going to be a spinoff Boba Fett series after the mm-hmm. season of The Mandalorian, and uh, it was never announced at the um, the Disney investors meeting, but mm-hmm. it was announced here. Now, the one thing that makes me like not sure is it's called the Book of Boba Fett. And it's just going to be like a TV series. And it's just called the Book of Boba Fett, you know, or is it actually a book? Um, well, remember, his dad handed him the bounty hunter code before all the craziness happened, right? That's true. So maybe we're kind of like, here's this. But so it's just like, all right, this is this is more of my story kind of thing. Yeah, that might be interesting to see that if we're going to see like in the past of Boba or do you think we're just going to see? I feel like Ooh, if, if, we're, if we're going to see like how we got a Sarlacc pit and all that stuff or like things in between you know, Star Wars, Clone Wars, and, you know, Episode 4 would be interesting, or even now. Like, Adventures you know really throughout, cool. which would be really interesting. Yeah. You know what would be really cool is if you is if they do something where it's like it's like a past and present kind of thing, where, you know, we get Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett in the present, Ooh. and then we get Daniel Logan as, you know, Boba Fett in the past, and kind of those two I stories totally kind of... That. Yeah, kind of, you know, progressing to meet the same end, right? Like, like one teenage, of those young adult Boba Fett. Yeah, Fett's. like something where it's like, ah, uh, you know, Boba fought this guy, you know, as a teen, and as a teen he wasn't able to best him, or you know, not as a teen because Daniel Logan's like what thirty, I think. But he could he could totally uh, play like a younger Boba. Yeah, Fett, young, exactly, right? You know, like young Boba Fett wasn't able to best this guy, and now tomorrow, you know, now old, present Boba Fett's come back for revenge. Yeah, and, and that I kind mean, of lead towards that. I was gonna if say, they, if they can show us the Cad Bane fight, yes, <laughs> in live action, yeah. hell yes, a hundred. Give me Cad Bane that's... in live action versus Boba Fett. Yeah. 
Cad Bane Boba Fett like old West style sh- uh, standoff, yeah, I'd now, be super down. The one thing I was gonna say too at the end of this um, episode is at the end you see like Fennec Shan just kind of you know grab a uh, jug of that like shrimp whiskey and oh, Spotchka. yeah Spotchka, and just sit there and like right next to him and you're like that was their deal you know he saved her she was paying back a debt but he's like <laughs> if you keep on helping me i will i will bring you in on my new plan you know and like yeah. this is what we're going to be doing we're going to be the new warlords or like mm-hmm. under under uh world leaders so i definitely think that was kind of part of the deal with boba fett and fennec uh now that they're you know where they are but i would love I... to see like a what's happening now with boba fett and what's happening in the past with Boba Fett. So like if it was a combination of both in the new series, yes, sign me up. Because you know I'm, how I, lo- I love Boba Fett. I'm half expecting it to be something of like, <laughs> this is so cheesy. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm not actually expecting this to happen. But if it's like, and now we will start Emerald Sunset, a oh, new no. crime organization that's definitely not Crimson Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, <sighs> green for Boba, red for Maul. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be great. I'd be down for that. <laughs> it'd be interesting it's just you know Boba Fett's never really struck me as crime syndicate leader yeah I never thought of him as leading something I thought of him more being on like the field so I could totally see yeah. him like running it kind of but you know having Fennec be the the um, intermediary yeah. and then like he's out in the field all the time doing stuff like the high end stuff maybe with her who knows maybe he's just there setting up and pillaging Jabba's money for Mandalore Ooh, that's a good point yeah. funding the Mandalore because he did yeah. like okay so well the, to... the combination between like Boba Fett and Bo-Katan Bo-Katan really didn't like Boba Fett because he was a clone yeah. and she kind of you know um antagonized him a bit about like oh you mean your donor not your dad yeah and he's like I've you better heard, watch I've heard your, your voice, voice thousands of times right so that's like that's a nod yeah. to the clones and stuff when she fought with the clones and I don't think she sees him. Obviously, she doesn't see him as a Mandalorian. But, you know, after this whole mission and everything that happened, I think she recognizes him as a good warrior. Mm. That might be helpful in, in the fact, like, because Cara Dune is not a Mandalorian and neither is uh, Fennec Shand. The only mm. difference is that Boba Fett's wearing the armor. Um, so I could totally see him coming back for a little bit more... Um, I would stakes in the Mandalorian series for sure. Yeah, I could, yeah, exactly. I could definitely see him coming to help, but yeah, no, that that is, you do bring up a good point, which is it. Boba doesn't really strike me as someone who cares. This Boba, at least, yeah, doesn't really strike me as someone who cares about Mandalore that much. Yeah. No. Well, here you go. Here's something that'll bridge that um, that point with if you want to see past and present. They've mm. already mentioned Jaster Mareel. Whether or not it yes. was in stuff like that, or whether or not it was in Mandoa, yeah. right? So if they bring him up in this past stuff and Jaster explains to Django at the time where Django explains to Boba why they're important and why the legacy needs to be carried on and all that, if he can't do that because either Bo-Katan or something else happens on Mandalore, the best way he can still honor Jaster's legacy, which is what his first ship was called mm. anyway by giving them the stuff that he's working for now. They don't need to like him yeah. as long as he does his duty at this point. Yeah, if you could find as, them a little bit, that'd be interesting. As Django's son, that was his duty, and that was everything that while spending time with him. Because all that, all Django stuff should be canon, right? Yeah. So 
you actually just just gave me an idea for I'm mean, again you know full speculation but mm-hmm. it would be really interesting then so yeah, if you want him to come back for the siege of Mandalore if in the Boba Fett series at some point he find he comes across like the last testament of Jango Fett or something mm-hmm. like that right and in that testament it it's like one of his it says one of Jango's last regrets is like I you know I wish I could have done more for Mandalore. Just something yeah. like that. Right? I wish I could have done more for the planet. I wish we could have helped. I could have helped Jasser's legacy. Because he did help be in fulfilled. civil wars, all of them that he was yeah, alive for, right. right? Yeah, yeah. But if, if now that we're, I'm assuming we're making that canon, right? You know, um, Django just abandons the venture after Jasser's betrayed. Um, well, not that you know tied up. A lot of stuff happens, but basically at the end of it, he he goes off on his own way instead of after the the true Mandalorians are splintered. Right. But yeah, just something like that, right? Where it's like the one regret I have is from my not finishing this thing from my youth. And then Boba goes, Okay, I'm gonna fulfill my father's last wishes. Let's go take back Mandalore. You know what's an interesting uh, thing is I never thought I would say this, but I'm so happy we didn't get a Boba Fett movie years ago with Rogue One. Oh, they, yeah, they yeah. were gonna announce that at Star Wars <laughs> Celebration and then they canceled it. Like last second. They they had a panel yeah. and everything, and then they just they no one showed up for it and they just canceled the panel. Oh, okay. So, I didn't realize that's what. Yeah, I'm that. so happy that happened because we get a Star Wars, we get Boba Fett in a TV series, which is better than mm-hmm. a movie, I would say, and his own series. And yeah, like between those things, I am a happy camper, man. I don't care what happens with Star Wars anymore. I just want this series. <laughs> this is so good. If, if we're gonna talk about with that kind of stuff, yeah, there was kind of a a, a feeling that I've I haven't felt before. That I haven't felt since. <laughs> oh, I've literally never felt. I, I haven't felt this before because I haven't had a chance to. But I mean, so if anybody's listened to the the podcast before, before our Mandalorian uh, stuff or recaps, then you've heard my opinions on most of the things I like. And if you haven't, most of the things I really like, unfortunately, in my opinion, over the last decade or so. I've just slowly lost faith with all of them, whether that's Star Wars or Warhammer or the games I love, like Mass Effect and Dragon Age. It's just I, I just oh, Harry slowly... Potter. Yeah, even Harry Potter. I, know, I do even that's really been like taking a Potter. pretty big hit with uh, Gerald Tolkien or Gerald yeah, Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I know you know what, what I mean. And and you know the Marvel comics and all that kind of stuff. Well, Marvel comics not so much. I just got bored of their storylines. But but all the things I really like, I just I just see them constantly getting picked up by people who don't know how to utilize it properly. And I just watch these series slowly get run into the ground. And it's just everything I like. It's it's always slowly turned towards that. Yeah, and, and I'd say I, that you're so definitely I, a product I just of kind the of, circumstances of these. You know. Um, fandoms right like it's definitely each of these fandoms have definitely drilled into you like don't have high expectations don't look forward to stuff because we might do it the way you want we're We're, probably not going to yeah who's ready for another round of of expectation shattering and for me to be disappointed exactly and it's it's so it's such a nice change of pace to now finish mandalorian season two and i finish it and i'm excited I'm excited and I'm happy. I'm so happy for the for first time in it's it's honestly it's a great feeling and I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel very similarly to me, right? As as people have heard and even in this episode, I don't really like the sequel trilogy. Well, that's an understatement. I really I, I 
I hate the sequel trilogy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The the only redeeming movies that they've had were Solo. Solo was good, and Rogue One was great. But I so it's just been watching that same thing happen with Star Wars. But now with Mandalorian, like Mandalorian season one, don't get me wrong, I I didn't that didn't disappoint me. That was good. That was good fun, and it was really good. Like it was really nice to watch, and it was such a treat to see Star Wars being handled well and seeing all this Mandalorian stuff come back. But now with season two, now that they've blown open the doors and we have all these opportunities now right you know Bo-Katan series Ahsoka series Boba Fett series um Luke Skywalker series theoretically like we were saying Tar Vizsla series theoretically um more Mandalorian stuff it's just I'm excited yeah <laughs> and oh it's yeah a, to see what happens next and to see this keep going and I can't remember the last time Star Wars excited me and that I don't know. It's it's just such a great feeling to just see Star Wars being handled competently and well by someone who loves the series as much, or I'd argue probably more than I do. Right? If he's well, if you know Favreau is is willing to dive this deep and and grab all this good stuff and pull it in, the amount of effort he must be putting into it to get this far is between him and Dave Filoni. Amazing. I think it definitely yeah, is yeah. a team effort. You know, even like ILM effect, like everybody that's involved with this knows mm -hmm. and loves Star Wars and do, does their best to do as much justice to it as they can and to, exactly. you know, pay homage to everything that came before and the people that created the stories before the reset yeah. in 2015, right? Uh, the it's, canon it's, reset. It's decisions with soul. And you can tell they have soul because they reverberate immediately to all the fans who understand it, right? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, just looking at the season two um rotten tomatoes stuff mm. so season two of the mandalorian has a fresh score of 96 percent of critics uh between critic ratings and mm. the audience score for this whole se season two of the mandalorian is 85 percent from 1209 ratings <laughs> there are two episodes in this that had a perfect score uh the tragedy had a perfect score with 21 critic ratings and then that makes sense this episode had uh, perfect score so far with um i think seven was it yeah seven ratings yeah but it's just like my god what what series can you say held out so long with such good episodes that it just it it just claims everyone's attention it claims everyone's you know happiness and it in a year where everything has basically been shit <laughs> this has been the best way to end the year with a show yeah. like this, yeah. you know, well, like when, exactly. Like when was the last time you saw something go, go quotes viral for good reasons, right. like a show or movie, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that this is exactly what Lucasfilm needs. I think this is exactly what star Wars needs. Mm -hmm. Star Wars fans that I've watched on YouTube, um, like the hardcore star Wars fans that make videos all the time, like every day, mm -hmm. they are, you know, clamoring at this. They love it as well. Um, they're, they're saying, you know, the same things what we are with, you know, some of the small things that are shown, you know, with Boba Fett and Jastin Mareel or, um, you know, the small things with the Slave One or just like the Darksaber or the Dark Troopers, you know, like whatever it is, people are loving it. Even if, even if, you know, some of our listeners I know don't, aren't, you know, that into Star Wars like we are, but mm. they enjoy the show. Like yeah. even, even my dad who, you know, doesn't really exclaim when he's watching movies or tv shows he was sitting on the couch watching the show 
and he's like, who is that? That's not Obi-Wan, is it? No, he's he's dead. Oh, <laughs> it's not that girl with the two lightsabers, is it? Like thinking Ahsoka. And I'm like, no, she had two lightsabers, remember? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Was Luke Skywalker then? And then he came up. He's like, I, I knew it. It was Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, yes, you're damn right it is. So it was just fun to see like my dad, who's not a huge Star Wars fan anymore, be super excited about something, right? And enjoy yeah. it, especially after this year. Like this year has been rough for a lot of people. And no matter where you find your happiness or your joy, if it's in, you know, a, a TV series, a book, a movie, a game, whatever it is, you know, we found it here. And I hope this continues for the next few series. Um, you know, the the um, Rangers of the New Republic, the Ahsoka series, I guarantee you are going to be amazing. I cannot wait after this episode to see how they weave into each other <laughs> and season three of The Mandalorian comes up. I don't know if it's going to go past season three, um, they might, you know, because I think they said season three was a thing when they were almost finished post-production on season two. Mm. So I feel like oh, if I they're going to tell us about season four, it's going to be, you know, in a few months. They'll say, oh, yeah, it's been renewed. Um, otherwise. Oh, 100. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like, because, you know, we we're talking about speculation where we go from here, right? I mean, the stage is perfectly set for the third battle of Mandalore now. I, oh, easily. I can't see any other place that's going at this we're gonna point. We're going to bring the Rangers of the New Republic in. We're going to bring Ahsoka in. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, wonder, I wonder if Ahsoka would show up for another band, battle of Mandalore. I think she does. I think she would because, you know, it's for the right cause. It's for, you know, people taking back their planet from the Empire, who she has no mm. love for. Um I would say she's a fighter of justice. It might even involve bringing Ezra in see, as a secondary character and possibly see, Thrawn on their side or not. I don't know. See, that that was going to be my counter argument is is Ezra, right? Like if Dave, if uh, what Dave Filoni was talking about is turns out to be canon and this is before um, the end of Rebels, then there is an entire journey that she still needs to go on, basically, right? Which which is, okay, so this is what I'm thinking now that we've been talking about this a little bit. Ahsoka mm. series that's coming up next, I don't know exactly when they announced the specific timeline or, like, when it's being released, but yeah. I think it's going to be, like, Ahsoka, we're going to follow her either through the first and second season of The Mandalorian in that series, in that Ahsoka TV show for the uh, first season, mm. or we might see her, you know, at the end, after the her you know appearance in this season, that series takes place after this. So now it's her journey in that season of Ahsoka to find Ezra and all that stuff, and then that gets resolved. Mm-hmm. And then season, um, like then she kind of heads towards Bogotan with the res- resolution with Ezra and Thrawn and all that stuff, which I don't think they can do in one se- season. But you never know, depending on how many episodes it is. Um, and then we have the Rangers of the New Republic, who I assume are going to be you know doing stuff in the Outer Rim. Um, you know, finding pure remnants and all that stuff, which I guess I could see them leading to Mandalore, you know, and, um, you know, if it's Dave Filoni's character, Trapper Wolf, or if it's, um, uh, Paul's character, um, what was his name? I just remember Appa. Um, if he, oh, um, Carson? Carson something, I think. Yeah, Carson. Um, if Carson they, they are kind of heading that off and they see Din. And they're going to talk about, you know, like, what the hell's going on here? It's like, oh, we, you know, we're going to do a Sujo Mandalore and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, you know what? Let's come help you because there's Imperial remnants there. We're going to do that. And then it's like those two series definitely weave into season three of The Mandalorian, which would be great. Um, It's just there's so many threads now that are in play with so many amazing stories to be told. Um, And we have, you know, 
Yeah. But we've had like, the, the only thing I, I see with that is it's like it's a little it sounds a little bit contrived. Like we're pulling on all these all these forces just They did say that all of these threads are gonna lead into one big like event at the end. Yeah, see and it could be Mandalore. It could be. But what I could see is if they're gonna try and play the long game like what Marvel does. And granted, this would involve some retconning, but if, you know, they take Mandalore and do all this stuff and blah, 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 and then, hey, we kind of need New Republic support in case, you know, after we've taken Mandalore and all this other stuff, make sure it's it's secured. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, like, if I, I could also, what I could also see is all of these shows kind of leading into the Battle of Jakku. I can see um, that. And granted, now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, it would also be a little bit contrived, because how would you get the Mandalorians and Ahsoka to help with that. But I could also see that being the other thing, right? Or... That, could be, that could be like a Rangers of the New Republic kind of thing. Yeah, actually, like a season one or two finale for actually, Rangers. I think, I think Battle of Jakku, did it already happen? 5 ABY after the Battle of keep, Yavin? I don't That's... keep track of, of the new timeline, so I have no idea. <laughs> Let me just look this up quick. So, yeah, it was 5 ABY for the Battle of Yavin. Mandalorian Season 2 timeline. Let's just see when this takes place. This takes yeah, if place... It, if it's 6 ABY, then yeah, you're right. Um, You guys continue. I'm just going to look this up in the meantime. Ed, what are you thinking? I, I'm just thinking about why... Um, why Grogu chose to leave is completely separate from the talk whatsoever. But it was going through my head, just being like, you know, after everything Ahsoka said and there was all this stuff, and you clearly see the attachment, he decided to let go and go with uh, Luke. Is that because he just sees how strong he is and he's like, yeah, versus, you know, Ahsoka? Like, what's the difference there? I mean, pure refusal on her part, yes, but like, what made him so clingy before and now that he's seen his face so he can just go yeah i guess it's whatever he and luke talked about in the force channel thing on titan mm -hmm. or what he sensed because like yeah because so one thing that i noticed in this episode with with grogu and uh before i continue this it was 9 aby for uh this series so it is after the battle jacku by about four years oh okay um so with grogu in this episode and luke Luke knows where to find him. Obviously, no one sent him coordinates on where to find him. So I mm. assume, you know, in this episode, you see Grogu when he's in the, the bridge. He's, like, super tired still. I think he might have, like, reached out a little bit as much as he could to try and send, like, that kind of force uh, emergency call out mm. to the Jedi that's looking for him. Um, and that kind of brought Luke to, you know, the the Architens, Moff Gideon's light cruiser. Um, that, that's just something that I was thinking about I forgot to mention earlier is that I think there was a communication with Grogu trying to reach out this episode without us knowing and seeing but he was definitely tired you know like he sets Grogu down on the bridge uh, Din sets him down on the bridge and he's like super like sitting on the side of the console there just kind of tired yeah that's true I, I assumed it was like a Dragon Ball Z thing where it's like if Goku can track your energy, he can go to you. <laughs> yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, instant, instant transmission. transmission. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All um, you need is a Senzu being Groku. You'll be fine. Oh my god. <laughs> Son Grogu? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, oh, man. Just, <laughs> just wait till he comes back. Wait till he comes back after training with Roshi. <laughs> oh my he's going to go yeah. fight the world tournament and fight Piccolo. Oh and this god. is a level beyond Super Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm the super duper pooper duper Jedi. <laughs> oh, super. Uh, no, you're thinking of Dragon Ball Abridged. Yes. Oh, yeah. no, it's like if maximum. become a super duper Saiyan, then yeah. I will become a super D duper Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> maximum overlord. Yeah, yeah. maximum over Saiyan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. TN was brilliant. Oh, that's great. So. <laughs> Any other and thoughts? And it's a game. If he snaps, he loses, and he knows that. Are there any <laughs> thoughts for this episode? Do we have any other speculation for, you know, what might happen with uh, anything else? Specifically with specific characters like Cara Dune or uh, Grief Karga? You might, you might see her in Rangers, if anything. Yeah, that's actually, true. that's true, because yeah, she's now part of the New Republic, technically, as a marshal. Mm. That would be interesting. Maybe she uh, helps them on a few missions or something. It's like... You know how when Marvel Netflix was doing their thing with Iron Fist and Daredevil, yeah, and that's kind of what I think like, we're gonna see here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like you'll see you'll see recurring characters. So like I can see in Rangers, I can see Kara showing up to help them with some stuff completely unrelated, mm-hmm. and then maybe in um, what's the other one? You know, with the Ac- no the acolytes for the High Republic. Never mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, oh the yeah, that's the High Republic yeah. stuff with like the Sith or something, the dark side. Yeah, because I want to say you know because they're they have an Ahsoka thing, so I don't even have yeah. to say there's gonna be a recur like that. That's like you know Jessica Jones was in Luke Cage and now Jessica yeah. Jones, right? So but they're going about the right way. Mm. I think so. Yeah. So so kind of what we were talking about last week, right? Where it's like an it's it's like their yeah like Defenders or Arrowverse or or that kind of thing, right? Where it's just uh keep bringing in characters to make the fans go nuts. Oh, for sure. <laughs> And I mean, why mess with that, right? Yeah, yeah, it works. So, all right. I, th- I think we talked about this before, but if when they go into the Ahsoka series, I'm kind of hoping they go more into the Force Mystic side. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah talk definitely. about the Living Force and Binding Force, and yeah, you know. it would be good. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely what, excited what, for an Ahsoka series, man. So excited. What could What could be really interesting? I don't really know if they'll do this, just because it's hard to to have the character be the same as the one I'm about to mention, but if they had a Soka star going down a path that's similar to Kreia, Ooh. I think that would be kind of interesting, kind of, you know, because we were talking before, right? She was on Malachor for how long? Mm. Just surrounded by the dark side. So if you, you know, if she starts to get closer to the living force and the binding force and just kind of realizing how both sides, sides interact with each other. <laughs> exactly, right? I Like, I don't want Ahsoka to become we need to kill the force because... <laughs> No, I don't think she will. Because otherwise, she, otherwise she would have, you know, not probably used the force and stuff like that. Yeah, and and it it really goes against everything that that I've seen Ahsoka's character become. Exactly. Uh, but but some, but just a, a side like a a type more like Kraya, where it's just like I understand the upsides of both the light and the dark side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can stand in the middle. And I mean, I'm not saying I want to see Ahsoka using telekinetic lightsaber dueling style, but. Oh my god, yes, please. But if I see that, I won't complain. Things that I want to see in the Ahsoka series is Ezra and her doing something regarding, like, the the overall force. Sorry, huge spoilers for KOTOR 2 if no one's ever played it, but... By this time, come on now. Yeah, it's, it's like, almost 15 years old. I'm just going to see myself (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs) I've not played it yet. Though they did release it on iOS recently. Yeah, and the the and the Sith Lords uh, mod or what's it called mod pack is also compatible with it. So I mean, what's you have no excuses on anymore. iOS? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I don't know how you do it, but I saw some people talking about oh, how cool. they down. Maybe it maybe and, it's like in the actual game itself already. No, no, it's not. You have to. Uh, they they said it's not. So you have to download it separately. You think they would add it anyway? Um, yeah. 
yeah no I, i'm i'm very excited to see like ezra and ahsoka do something with the overall force maybe mortis stuff who knows and then i'm also hopefully excited to see luke and ahsoka meet and talk anakin i think that would mm-hmm. be just a powerful moment you know just between the two characters that knew you know a character that knew Anakin for who he actually was and then Luke seeing his redemption. And I think that would give both characters a lot of closure. See, I'm going to one up you (laughs) because I want to see, I want to see Ahsoka meet the Skywalker family. Cause I think, Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cause the, the dynamic I'm really interested in, cause people have mentioned it before is even after Ahsoka describes you know what Anakin used to be like if Leia could forgive him. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I'm really interested in seeing, right? Cuz yeah. you know, he kind of just blew up her entire well, not just, he kind of blew up her entire planet. So I also, there, there's I, been a, I think been things sorry, there's been things I see kind of talk about that where it's like because she didn't really have the same beliefs that Luke had. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. she was always skeptical even till the end. Um just kind of seeing when someone else comes and then says that, would that change your opinion of the person, basically? I'm pretty sure they breached that topic with the Bloodlines book with Leia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, yeah? A little bit. I know there's a little bit of talk. Well, it's not a little. It's it's a pretty big section of the book where they talk about, you know, like her and, and or talking about how she feels about Vader and all yeah. that stuff because it affects, it affects her life, right? Yeah, um, especially part of especially when you find out like a bombshell at the end of episode six, you're like, oh shit, okay. Um, but yeah, I believe it's in the Bloodlines book. If I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time since I read that book, but I'm sure we're gonna make it back up to there eventually <laughs> once we review it. Um, but yeah, God, what a great series, guys! Holy crap! Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been so excited about Star Wars in my life. Mm-hmm. That's that's saying something. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts or do you want to round out the podcast, guys? Uh I'm I'm good. I think I've talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Until like two days from now and we're like, damn it. There's one more thing. <laughs> I, oh, I, we'll I wanna see. see I wanna see Mayfield come back. That's it. But I'm also like we talked about last week, I'm horrifically biased because I love Bill Burr, but I'd love to see Yeah. Him. Like a Mayfield I, comic, I, Mayfield comic. I expect him or to like just disappear TV series. at this point. I mean, yeah, I could, uh, or just come back and not, yeah. not a TV series, like, but I mean, like uh, him in a TV series. Oh like yeah, him, like, come like back cameoing, yeah, yeah. Like I could also just see, yeah, like Ed said, you know, he just he retires on more whatever that Morak. planet's called, Morak. You, you know, he just retires there and lives at his life, but. At the same time, right? Like, I could also see it being, you know, he thinks about more about what that officer said and realizes he just has to put down the Empire. Yeah. Or at least take out the corrupt pieces of the Empire, right? Possible Mandalorian uh, attachment to, uh, you know, fighting in Mandalore because they have to do Imperial stuff, I'm assuming. So maybe he's handy again. Yeah, I mean, you know. We need your help again. (laughs) Yeah, if you need to put together, like, a bounty hunter suicide squad, Mayfield's a pretty good choice for it. Oh, definitely. But also, just like, you know... Any any B character or side character having this again because what is Rangers of New Republic really about? They could easily mm-hmm. just toss half these characters in there and be like, "Yep, yeah, yep, you're gonna get an episode. Don't worry." Yeah, it's true. Okay. You just have like, to. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what to do with you yet, but you know, we don't really know what we want to do with these guys. Like, what are you? What are they going to do? They're they're patrolling the outer rim. Yeah, like it would you just know. Be, it- 
It would just be funny because if Mayfield shows up in Rangers of the New Republic, he has to have a new name since they listed him as KIA. Yeah, that'd yeah. be hilarious. Hi, I'm yeah. Ronnie Unless. My name's Bob Joe. Yes, and Bob Joe, that's right. And you can't even do that thing where you swap around the initials because it, it would still be Miggs Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's 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 Kiggs Kayfield. Or I'm Biggs Bayfield. How are you related <laughs> to Biggs Darklighter? I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah. All right. Let's round out and uh, tell the listeners what's going to happen next with the podcast now that the Mandalor- Mandalorian is over. Mm-hmm. Are you a Jedi? I am. Come, little one. He doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child, but he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. Hey, go on. That's who you belong with. He's one of your kind. I'll see you again. I promise. Ed, you want to let the listeners know how to contact us? Absolutely. Now, we know we were hyped for this episode and the screaming and the yelling. And if, if there was <laughs> an actual audio about. playback from that moment, I think it would have just been a jumble of, if you want to fast forward this next part, like really fast. La, da, da, da. Oh, all right. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Like that at times 10,000. It was loud and it was worth it. And if you were just as loud or even louder, you can definitely tell us, send us an email, tell us how you felt when you saw that reveal at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. This is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You, on Twitter and Instagram, our tag will be at voiceforcepod. On Facebook, it's just forward slash voiceforcepod. 
you'll see a lot of tweets and a lot of posts and any reposting, retweeting will help everything and everyone see just how great this is. And more people should do it. But hey, remember where you heard it first. Help the finally, voice of the force expand the force and join there you go. more community conversation. <laughs> expand your voice of the force your own personal voice of the force stop making this sensual anyway <laughs> hi there <laughs> can i help but you yes you I can listen you can <laughs> you can listen to more of this or rate and review this <laughs> and subscribe <laughs> to more of this <laughs> on apple Podcasts, <laughs> google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and all major podcast platforms reviewing seriously especially if you want to review that last impromptu asmr <laughs> please i mean please tell I'll, us I'll how we did four and a half for that <laughs> if you're interested i'll put in more uh, asmr with ed myself and noma no, on no, the don't, youtube don't, channel don't and you, uh, you have nothing you can't say anything about it noma you're, you're going to be part of this. You're going to be part of this ASMR. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be saying anything about it. Isn't that what ASMR is about? <laughs> you're going to be making some interesting sounds. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's going to be Don't your, worry. Like, we'll it's going to be Rage ASMR. Whole... It's going to be Noma's Rage ASMR. That's whole... not an ASMR. It, it will be. It just sounds of anger. No, that's, that's how you go deaf. <laughs> that too. We'll just show the whole Luke scene over and over, and that'll be your impromptu. We're we'll gonna talk about what those noises would sound like. Man, we derailed this <laughs> outro so bad. So it's your fault. <laughs> it is. It's totally my fault. Um, also, I don't know if Ed said, but please find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find all of our episode um, posts here, the descriptions and links to things. If you uh, don't want to click them in the description of the episodes on the podcast platform you use, um, a lot of work goes into that uh, website, and uh, we try to make it look nice and pristine. And hopefully, you find something there that is interesting. Uh, with that said. We're not done yet because we're actually going to make um, a little announcement of what we're going to be doing next. Next for the podcast, we're going to be doing an episode on, as far as we know right now, January 9th. Um, it could be earlier. It could be a little later. Um, but I'm, we're planning for January 9th with a discussion episode about the wrap-up of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. I know we have one guest, uh, a returning guest, Vanessa Gamble, who will be on the episode to talk more about The Mandalorian. And I'm hoping to get at least one more guest. And uh, we'll let you know as soon as that episode releases uh, who that will be. And yeah, we should point out that uh, we're saying we're planning to record it on the 9th, not release it on the 9th. Well, so. maybe if I can get my schedule in gear, maybe I can't release it on the 9th. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And then we're going to be resuming Temple Archives on a regular uh, weekly uh, basis with uh, going between the discussion episodes and the, the Temple Archives episodes and stuff. So um, we'll be jumping into, I would assume, some the High Republic novel reviews because they'll be releasing early January. So if we can speed read through those, we might be able to get some of those done with Temple Archives, which will be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so stay tuned for those episodes and uh, hopefully you enjoy those as much as you enjoyed the Mandalorian episodes. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably be doing, you know, discussion episodes as well and things like that. And if you have anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, whether that's, you know, extended universe stuff or canon stuff or really anything, uh, you know, hit us up at one of the many ways that we have to contact us. And we'd be more than happy to do an episode talking about that kind of stuff. 
Awesome. Stuff, 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 stuff. So much stuff. It's way <laughs> we can too always do another us. Bounty Hunter episode. Yes, Calm down. please. <laughs> as long as, you know, we don't go too too crazy with, like, the flora and fauna of Kashyyyk. Or don't get, don't get me started on those flora and fauna of Kashyyyk, man. <laughs> um, all right. With that said, this is the way, and that was The Mandalorian Season 2.